are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What the hell is going on? Welcome to Locked On Dolphins, an emergency podcast edition of the show. Today is Friday, March 26th, 2021, uh, and the Dolphins have completely turned the NFL draft order upside down. They've turned their future assets upside down. A duo of trades this afternoon uh, that sent everybody into a mad scramble. Everybody's collecting the information in real time. The terms of the trades are changing. I think we got it figured out now. So, emergency podcast time. You guys asked for it. You're going to get it. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at DraftNetwork.com, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, emergency podcast time. Not at the recording studio, I'm upstairs. Uh, You'll have to bear with me. Uh, On top of all this, the power went out about 15 minutes ago. So, as you can imagine, we're having an entertaining day today. The Dolphins' news broke around 1 o'clock. Dolphins trading number three pick to the San Francisco 49ers for 12 a first-round pick in 2022, a first-round pick in 2023, and a 2022 third-round pick. That pick coming as a compensatory pick as part of the NFL's new initiative for minority hiring. San Francisco gets compensatory picks in 2021 and 2022 for the hiring of Robert Sala as the head coach of the New York Jets. So the Dolphins parlay 3-12 to 12 for two future first-round picks and a third-round pick. You feel good about that. You feel great about that. They got the Laramie Tunsil deal again with the final asset of the Laramie Tunsil deal. This is a team that was looking at the prospect initially for the five minutes that it was the only move that the Dolphins had made of two first-round picks in 20, three first-round picks in 2022, two first-round picks in 2021, two first-round picks in 2022, and two first-round picks in 2023. You are literally, literally talking about nine first-round picks in a four-year span for the Dolphins when this trade first processed, but it was short-lived because the Dolphins then turned around and they flipped 12 to Philadelphia to get the number six pick in the NFL draft. And this, this I think, is the very telling piece of the puzzle for me. It tells me the Dolphins like somebody. It tells me the Dolphins don't want to walk away and let the board fall however it's going to go. Do I wish Miami would have got more 2021 assets to make this happen? Yes. But I also think this now opens the door for, are they going to move back to eight? If Carolina gets locked out with Atlanta at four and Cincinnati goes with an offensive lineman, are you going to move back from 18? Lots of opportunities ahead for the Dolphins to make additional draft picks at their disposal, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of movement off the top of the board from here for Miami because they moved back up and they gave up their own 2022 first-round pick to get this job done. So the net for the Dolphins, there was also a flip of day three picks. Miami gets, I think it was 156 and sends 123 as a part of the deal with Philadelphia. So Miami now, three spots later in the order, 
They have an extra three in 2022, and they have an extra one in 2023, plus a flip of day three picks in this year's draft. About 30 picks in the org. Do we like this move? Do we not like this move? I like this move. I think for the Dolphins to say, hey, we're anticipating on drafting this player. We can take him at three, or we can move back three spots. We're going to read the room. We're going to read the field. We're going to understand the draft order situation. And I think that's exactly what they did. They understand if we trade back from three, this was San Francisco, first three picks are quarterbacks. Four, it's Atlanta. Another pick that's probably for sale. Does Carolina now get desperate and jump up to four to go get their quarterback? Because if they do, now you got four quarterbacks and Cincinnati in desperate need of offensive linemen, or presumably Jamar Chase with the connection with Joe Burrow. If the Dolphins' top target is not a quarterback, which it's not, and is not Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell, you're going to get the same exact player, and you got a three next year, and you got a one two years from now. That's a net positive for Miami. It's a huge net positive. So I think this was a kind of a calculated, we understand what the dynamics of the early portions of this year's class are. So let's take advantage of that. Let's parlay this. Let's get as much as we possibly can. And that way we have the understanding we're still going to draft the same guy but we're going to cash out some extra chips along the way. Football season may be over, but Bet Online still has plenty of action for you to get in and get your favorite sports bets in. The NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets, plus it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So should you be disappointed? And I, I, I had a couple DMs. Hey, man, you know, I, I, we saw the trade package scenario for uh, the trade with Carolina. Should we be underwhelmed by this? No, I don't think so. Uh, because the trade package that I had put together for Carolina, assuming you were going to go back to eight and stay at eight, was you were going to move back five spots and you would get a one, a two, a three, and a one next year. So if you think about what San Francisco gave, you got two ones and a three. It's just you got to wait on everything. There's no immediate payoff. Miami, technically, as far as the deal for 3 to 12, got more than what they could have got with Carolina. If you add up the trade value chart valuation, that's a, that's a, a really positive win for the Dolphins as far as the assets that they are returning. And depending on how good or bad San Francisco is, it may be overwhelmingly in the Dolphins' favor. Giving up the one to move back up to six kind of muddies the water a little bit, and then you say, okay, well, they technically traded back three spots, and they got a one for the future and a three for the future, but nothing else. Is that, like, did they get worthwhile compensation? I think when you take into account exactly what they got, the player is probably still going to be the same player that they like. And then you stack on top of that. Again, the door is not closed for Miami to parlay for a second deal. Now that we are in this situation where somebody has jumped the Carolina Panthers, 
does Carolina get desperate? I don't think Miami would do business with New England, and Miami is still in front of the Detroit Lions. So what happens if you move back two spots and you say to Carolina, hey, you know, we got somebody else barking up our tree, and that's where you get, you know, a two this year and a two next year. Now all of a sudden you're really cooking with gas if it falls that way. But this still gives the Dolphins the opportunity to see how the board is going to fall, to kind of assess the draft order. If they get something that blows them out of the water, maybe they move back now. But I doubt it because they came back up in the order, and that tells you they're in love with somebody. Is it Chase? Is it Waddle? Is it Pitts? Is it Smith? Who the hell knows? I can't tell you that right now. I can't give you any context on who the Dolphins would be willing to give up a future one to jump back up in the order and go and get. But remember the good old days when we were sitting around asking ourselves why the Dolphins weren't doing anything? Why why the Dolphins weren't making any noise? Well, they've heard us, and they signed Will Fuller, and they made, within a span of 10 minutes, two blockbuster trades that shifted major assets across the NFL draft landscape. So to answer the question, no, you shouldn't be overwhelmed with what the Dolphins got to move back from three to six. They netted an extra first-round pick, because think about, think about it this way. When the Jets traded up to three for Sam Darnold in 2018, they went from three, six to three, and they give up three second-round picks. You as the Dolphins got what the Jets could not or could, would not give in that scenario, which was a first-round pick, an extra first-round pick. So you have already netted, you know, the, the point value chart may come out to be approximately equal, even though you have to wait two years for the extra first-round pick, and Miami will have San Francisco's first-round pick in 2022 because they sent their own first-round pick as a part of the swap to go up to, to six from 12. So the recent precedent of, of a three-pick trade back with Indianapolis, and they eventually drafted Quentin Nelson there at six, they got three twos. Miami got more than that because they got a one, even if they have to wait on it. And what I really like for the Dolphins with this is it continues to give you optimal flexibility. It's the name of the game this offseason for the Dolphins. Flexibility without mortgaging your future assets and your ability to restock the cupboard. I've been pounding the table, trading down as the Dolphins from number three was the best case scenario you can come up with and parlay this unbelievable asset into additional assets in the future. You don't have to make them all as picks. You can trade them. You can trade them for players. You can trade them for other picks that are higher in the order. And as the Dolphins continue to get more and more established as a competitive team, they will have the liberty to make those judgments and be a little bit more selective and aggressive when, when it calls for it. But right now, the Dolphins have extended their window of optimal flexibility in building a team and being able to pivot as things hit or don't hit because now you've got extra assets, and at the end of the day, you're going to get the same exact player that you were going to get at three. We've been telling you about our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on each and every bar. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best 
courtesy of Built Bar Madness. You can visit BuiltBar.com or go to bar underscore built on Twitter and see the bracket for yourself. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who is winning the matchups and will claim the title of the tastiest flavor of the world's best protein bar. Final thought here. Definitely wanted to make sure we carved out a little bit of time this afternoon uh, to discuss the Dolphins and their moves. I must have had a million of you tweet me, DM me, emergency pod, we need it. I hear you. And you now you have it. So I, I'm hoping this can send you into the weekend in a proper state of mind. I think one thing that this trade probably does do is eliminate Penne Sewell as a candidate for the Dolphins. Not because Cincinnati is sitting there at five and would take him, but because the Dolphins would be willing to walk away from the opportunity to draft him at three. They literally turned their back on the opportunity to draft Penne Sewell and said, you know what, Cincinnati? You go ahead and have him. The extra picks are more important to us. And when you take the fact that the Dolphins invested what they did in the offensive line last year, we can't really say that's a surprising move for the Dolphins to make. So the Penne Sewell train, I think it's hurt. I think the candidacy of Penne Sewell as a Miami Dolphin is hurt by their willingness to wheel and deal and make a change that involves a major, major drop out of the top five picks in the draft order. Maybe Cincinnati takes Kyle Pitts, or maybe the Falcons stay put and they take Pitts, and maybe the Bengals take Jamar Chase, and, and the Dolphins are kind of faced with you know, that investment opportunity again, and they, they weren't planning on him being there. Maybe their minds change, but I don't think they do. I think you can probably put the Penne Sewell talk to the Dolphins to bed on the heels of this decision to wheel and deal, drop out of the top three picks, and move willingly behind Cincinnati, a team who has been in desperate need and has a franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow who's coming off getting his knee shredded because the Bengals' offensive line was Swiss cheese. I understand that they signed Riley Reef. That's great. He should not stop the Bengals from drafting Penne Sewell. Will it? That's another story. But it shouldn't. And the Dolphins have to know that. And they have to be ready for that possibility. And the fact that they are, and they still showed their willingness to drop out, should tell you everything you need to know. Hope you guys enjoyed this brief emergency podcast, Locked on Dolphins. Always great talking with you guys. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Get those mock drafts on, head over to thedraftnetwork.com, run a couple simulations. We got some new picks to work with, a uh, different, couple different spots in the order than what you might be acclimated to. So send me your best mock draft with the Dolphins now picking at six. Tweet at me, I'm at Grinding the Tape, or at Locked on Fins with a PH. Enjoy your weekends. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'll talk with you guys again on Monday, barring any more emergency podcasts over the course of the weekend.